Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds. Uh, don't forget to rate this show on your favorite streaming platform. Also, don't forget to follow a playlist with all the songs I play in this podcast. Info is on Spotify. It's called Soundtrack Brazuca Sounds. Today is going to be a special one of the great musicians of the Brazilian history that was born on June 26, 1942, talking about Gilberto Gil. We're going to celebrate his 80th birthday in great style. Of course, Gilberto Gil has like an immense uh, discography. We're going to focus on three of those records from the 1970s. His hit trilogy he like in this particular meaning right uh, here represents both the music note re and also the suffix re as for like again right revisit rediscovery reissue etc we have the exact same suffix and the portuguese language the only difference is the pronunciation we say re with this age sound in English instead of a re. And starting with the record from 1975, his first of the trilogy, it is called Refazenda. Nós também somos do mato como o pato e o leão Aguardaremos, brincaremos no regato Até que nos tragam frutos So the intention of Gilberto Gil on this record here Was to record a return to his northeastern roots uh, The name of the album represents this idea actually Refazenda It is not a word but a play of words, right? It will be roughly translated as re-farm, meaning revisiting the farm, the countryside, its origins, and Bahia, as I said earlier. So this record has a big, big contrast to his time as the leader of the Tropicalia movement in the late 1960s. This other song here is one of my favorites on the album. It's called I'm Thirsty. Or in Portuguese, tenho sede. Traga-me um copo d'água, tenho sede. E essa sede pode me matar. Minha garganta pede um pouco d'água. So, Refazenda is way more focused on the lyrics more than any other album of Gilberto Gil. It's way more poetic than usual. Even the arrangements are simple, right? Unlike that experimentation from his Tropicalia era or even his abrasive influence from rock and roll when he was exiled. Uh, to the UK due to the military regime in Brazil. So there is an extensive use of chorus as well. There are songs with very memorable lyrics. 
to sing together. So Gilberto Gil was more or less trying to deconstruct this idea of modern music, really embracing what up until that point of his career would be considered like cheesy or too mainstream, which is in some way was kind of very pedantic. So Gilberto Gil was trying to change that a little bit. He was not only pleasing the intellectual mind, youth, but really like expanding his horizon. What he sings here in the beginning of the song uh, I spent a long time learning how to kiss other men like my father. So the message here uh, is really a commentary, right? Even a criticism on the traditional family dynamic in Brazil, especially in the Northeast, uh, where he comes from, uh, even in terms of sexuality, right? The homophobia, hence kissing other men, but it's also a metaphor to a father who does not kiss his son, right? A male figure that's always stuffed, very authoritarian, very disciplinary. That was the absolute norm in Brazil in the 1970s and probably in many other countries as well. The so-mentioned toxic masculinity and in Brazilian culture always had the mother as this like protector figure above all. So this song here melodically is just great. It's like a melancholic samba, uh, also known in Brazil as Chorinho. And obviously the idea of kissing other men, metaphorically of course, was also defiant to the Brazilian dictatorship. So there is a document report written about Gilberto Gil that made public and it was written originally in May 1972 by ADOPS agents, like the guy uh, from the Department of Social Order that says... He showed his disdain for the law publicly, trumpeting liberalism through the practice of homosexuality. So much so that when paired with Caetano Veloso during a concert, Caetano smelled his neck and gave him a rose, which was retributed by Gilles with a peck on his lips. So Gilberto Gil was always playing this controversial dynamic. He's, he's a straight man with eight children. And a remarkable presence on the album is also the incomparable Dominguinhos, like a master accordion player of Brazilian folklore from the Northeast, uh, forró, baião, and other music genres. Por ser de lá, do sertão, and Dominguinhos has everything to do with the making of the album. He plays in almost every song here his, as I said, accordion. So this song, Lamento Sertanejo, 
The lyrics were written by Gil, but the instrumental part of the song was conceived by Dominguinhos, which Gilberto Gil was really enamored of his music at the time. He's been singing that song in many, many concerts way before recording this album. And he actually, uh, two years earlier, recorded a single called Eu Só Quero Um Xodó for an album that was never released until 1999, but it's one of the most famous Gilberto Gil songs from that era, despite the fact it's not in any album. So here is a little pick of Eu Só Quero Um Xodó. And also around that era, right, right after Gilberto Gil came back from London from his exile, he was playing a lot of concerts and recording a lot of live albums. One of the most historic ones it was his partnership with Jorge Ben in the album Gil e Jorge Ogum Xangô, a double album recorded and released in 1975, a couple months prior to Refazenda. Songs on that record, Essa é pra tocar no rádio. Will be released in a few months after on the album Refazenda as well, in a very different version from this one here on the album Ogun Xangô, which was released in a very experimental way with almost like 10 minutes long. All songs on that record are just absolutely great. They were almost like jam sessions and actually structured and preconceived songs. And that's why uh, Ogun Shango is such a marvelous record from that era, despite the fact I gotta reinforce here was not part of Gilberto Gil's trilogy, which instead was followed only in 1977 with this album right here that's called Refavela. This Kire is Gil evoking his ancestrality here, right? Kire Yaya is like a syncretism 
of Brazilian culture. Yaya is really a word from the Yoruba language from Africa. Kirie is a Greek word. Yaya was a treatment widely used in time of slavery in Brazil, referring to young white women, girls. Uh, and Kirie literally means in Greek, sir. So it's like Gil is telling in two very different languages, right? One very white, one very black language, but it's kind of saying the same thing, ma'am, sir, to refer obviously to the slave owners. It is Gilberto Gil really reconnecting with his black origins. In 1977, actually, Gil went all the way to Lagos, Nigeria, to participate in a big music and arts festival there, where he met many, many different artists, uh, including the jazz musician Fela Kuti, and he got very, very inspired by all the African sound and culture. And so Refavela is a contrast to Refazenda, comes from an urban motivation, this idea of governments resignifying city space, uh, which the black population, not only but mostly black, was piled in this big community slums, hence the name uh, favela, right? This is the name of a slum that we called in Brazil. Uh, Gilberto Gil really building this bridge between Africa and Brazil, uh, which was never quite evident despite the huge African diaspora. This song, for instance, Balafon, uh, is named after a West African instrument, which creates this sound by vibration, right? It's like a xylophone crafted from particular species of dried wood. And unlike in the USA, for instance, where the term African-America is heavily used, in Brazil, we really don't use a lot the term African-Brazilian. So it is inherently there, all the culture, right? But we really don't never acknowledge historically the term African and the Brazilian culture. And music is just a reflection of that as well. This is literally one of my favorite songs on the album. It's not very famous song on the album, Balafon, but it's really one of my favorite ones. Only behind this other song here, which has one of the most masterful grooves in all of Gilberto Gil's work with an impressive bass played by Rubão Sabino. Here again, right, deals with ancestry, grandparents, great grandparents, and wondering from where they all came from, 
there are a lot of references to the Yoruba people, uh, the ethnic group that mainly from Benin, Togo, Nigeria, mostly of the African slaves shipped to Brazil uh, came from that region, especially from Benin. <laughs> The song Bapa Alapala uh, is not a Portuguese word, but yeah, Yoruba language word. And the song was heavily inspired by uh, this immersion of Gilberto Gil, not only in Africa, but in this Brazilian African religion called Candomblé and Umbanda. So, up until that point, Gilberto Gil was not very religious actually. I guess everybody growing up in Brazil kind of go to the masses, but it's not like everybody is extremely religious. It was Gilberto Gil's case, but he really got immersed more in this particular African-related religion, which is also very related to the next song I'm gonna show you here, like Carnival. Uh, in the Northeast is very different from the carnival in Rio, right? Like they don't have like the samba schools over there, like those big ensembles like in Rio. But instead the carnival in Northeast is made of blocks which are way smaller, less pyrotechnical, very different instruments are used as well. And this song here, Gilberto Gil literally cites by name every single instrument as the song evolves. Very interesting intro. Emorio is also another word from the Yoruba language and means I see you. Uh, it became very famous, this word Emorio, because of a Fafá de Belém song, which was actually written by João Donato. top of all these African influences, Gilberto Gil at the time was also heavily involved with reggae. Like was inspired by Gilberto Gil's passage through a hospice. Uh, in 1976, because of a very small possession of marijuana. I was arrested in a hotel after a gig, and so they sent me to a psychiatric clinic. The song is about all the women I met during that month living there, from the nuns running the place to the girls interned there as well, like Andrea, who brought the ribbons used to braid my hair with. And he named the song after Sandra, was his wife. 
at the time, life is always gonna take me back to her, as he sings in the song, Sandra. Uh, Gil had actually three children, they are not together anymore. Uh, Gilberto Gil has eight children in total from three different marriages. And by the way, the Amazon Pride video literally just released a reality show about Gilberto Gil's family, kind of celebrating his 80th birthday as well. It is called At Home with the Gills, where all of his family, right, the eight children, all the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of Gilberto Gil, they met for this creative retreat in the countryside of Rio de Janeiro, all coming together to find a set list for a tour. So it should be uploaded on Amazon Prime Video very, very soon, on the date of his birthday, actually, June 26th. And all that being said, Refavela, the album, was not super well received among critics at the time, who were hoping for a more political stance from Gilberto Gil, which to me kind of makes no sense, right? Talking about race in Brazil was extremely political. Uh, so the album was the end of a cycle for Gilberto Gil. He left the record label Philips after more than a decade and signed with Warner, which was just setting up shop in Brazil in 1979. Gilberto Gil actually moved to Los Angeles and then released the album, his follow-up album, and the end of his trilogy. Unlike the other two albums, though, He Alci, here the He is not a play of words. He Alci is really a word, right? A noun meaning highlight. So it is kind of Gilberto Gil album highlighting the disco music, more or less. The record was recorded in California intentionally for the international market as well. The album was produced by Marco Mazzola, which was like the H&R guy on Warner at the time, and who in the previous year also produced the seminal album, Team Maya Disco Club. So the album has the participation of a lot of international uh, musicians like the guitar. Here in this song is played by Steve Lukather from the band Toto. Gilberto Gil was really using like more this disco music influences. Hey, 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 
Things Considered, being very honest, Realce is my least favorite album of the trilogy, but also, at the same time, has one of the most famous songs on the entire Gilberto Gil discography. So this is an absolute great tune for a dance floor as Gilberto Gil like listing all the qualities of a female born in Bahia that's the name of the song, right? Toda Menina Baiana, like every girl from Bahia. Uh, he plays the guitar here with that very soft picking, right? Uh, really resembles like Nile Rogers in some way. It's almost like disco music via carnival and Bahia with all these claps, backing vocal. It's like party on the streets. Vem pro mal primeiro chão na Bahia Primeiro carnaval, primeiro pelo também Que Deus dê This is the type of song he plays in almost every uh, Brazilian theme party in the country these days. And actually, if you go to a Brazilian party and you don't dance to this tune with a pair, then man, you're dead inside already. And just by the way, the keyboard player on this song, it is Michael Boddicker, who shortly afterwards recorded the album Off the Wall with Michael Jackson. <laughs> a version of a Brazilian songbook song from uh, Bahia's Dorival Caymmi, the song Marina. Marina, Morena, Marina, você se pintou. Marina, Morena, Marina, você se pintou. The original song is very, very different, right? Way more minimalistic and Dorival Caymmi with that great baritone voice of him. And to finish it off the record, uh, Gil goes in a completely different mood using the card of his Jamaican slash raggy influences one more time. song is Não Chore Mais, obviously a version of No Woman No Cried uh, from Bob Marley, and the song was actually not recorded in the US but in Rio de Janeiro and released as a single before the record, 
it became extremely popular at the time. Sounds a little distant from the other songs on the album with this blue, sad tone uh, compared to a very colorful work. This record here, Hellsy, uh, Gil toured the whole country, more than 60 concerts, alongside Jamaican legend Jimmy Cliff. So all these reggae influences from Gilberto Gil coming all the way back uh, from his time in England, right? In London, living there in exile, the Portobello Road. And just as a curiosity here, right after this album, a year later in 1980, uh, Gilberto Gil was elected a consular in his hometown, Salvador. He became very well involved uh, in politics along the years. He was the, even the Ministry of Culture in Brazil during uh, Lula presidency. So the man did it all, and that's why we are here celebrating his 80th birthday on June 26th, the great Gilberto Gil, and that's a wrap for today, folks. Remembering one more time, if you like the show, don't hesitate to rate it on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. This show has vocal contributions from Ali Murphy. Thank you so much for listening to. Have a great time over there. Bye bye. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.